If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to read in a few places. You can read along with us. We want to turn to the book of Joshua chapter 2 for just a moment, and you can mark that place. Again, that's the book of Joshua chapter 2. And then we want to go back to the New Testament, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Those are two places we will be turning momentarily. We'll begin in the the gospel according to Luke. So again, turn to Joshua chapter 2, and you can mark that spot for just a moment. Turn back into the New Testament and read from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And then we want to begin our reading this morning found in Luke's gospel chapter 7. This morning as you're turning to Joshua chapter 2, Hebrews 11 and Luke chapter 7, I want you to think about admirable faith. When we say something is admirable, it just means that it's simply pleasant to look upon. You see, here in the book of Luke, we're going to read a verse where Jesus marveled. He marvels at the faith of the centurion soldier. Marveled is only used twice, and we may look at those here in just a moment. But you see, Jesus had been preaching probably one of his most famous Sermons just previous to this encounter here in Capernaum. So in the Gospel of Luke chapter 7, I want you to think about this centurion and the faith that he is going to have in Christ. One of the greatest weapons, one of the most powerful things that we can experience in life is faith in God. And this morning we're going to see about a centurion, a soldier that was raised not to believe in God, but yet still had faith in God. You see today, there's a lot of people we're going to read this morning in the scriptures that some were, as we might say, rocked in the cradle of the church, raised all their life hearing about Jesus. There are some people out there today, and maybe even here this very hour, that they too would fall in the line of the centurion, not raised particularly in a religious church setting. But I want you to notice out of the two places in the scripture, in one of them right here in Luke chapter 7, Jesus marveled at his faith. What about you that are listening here today? Does Jesus marvel at your faith? We see here that uh, as Jesus was going about that he entered into Capernaum. Now, Capernaum has a very interesting name in and of itself. The name Capernaum means village of comfort. But what the centurion servant and even the centurion himself is going to find out is that we don't find comfort and peace in a place. Some people think that they find peace in a church building. But here in Luke chapter 7 and in Hebrews chapter 11 and Joshua chapter 2, we're going to find out in just a minute that we find peace in a person. Folks, that person is Jesus Christ. Today you can put your hope and your faith and your confidence in a lot of things, but the only true peace we're ever going to have is putting our faith in Jesus. This centurion went into Capernaum, the village of comfort, but the comfort wasn't in the village. The comfort's going to come from Jesus. Notice what's said here. And a certain centurion, this is the second verse of Luke 7, A certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready 
to die. Who is this centurion and his servant? See, centurion is part of the the Roman soldiers. Centurion, coming from a word that we would understand, century or 100, he was in charge of somewhere around 100 men. This centurion, even though he was a Roman soldier, even though that he was not particularly raised to believe in God and to even believe in Christ, there come a point in his life that he did. This centurion, notice what had happened here, is that uh, that he is going to experience something with Christ, and Jesus is going to say, and I want to skip down to about the ninth verse. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. If I would tell you this morning that Jesus marveled at a disciple, you would say, well, he should. That's what they're, they're trained for. That's what they're, they're aimed at. That's their purpose. If I told you this morning that Jesus marveled at a rabbi, you would say, it should. That's just the way it's supposed to be. But this morning, Jesus marvels at a Roman soldier and his faith. The Roman soldier, if you go back and read that entire count, he knew that if he could just get word to Jesus, the only person that could solve his problems, he knew his problems would be solved. You see, the Pharisees had a problem. They always sought a sign. Jesus said, why does this generation always seek a sign? That was a question that he often wondered. You see, today, there's a lot of people that want to physically see things. Hebrews does teach us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, we see that Jesus marveled because of the belief of this one. And notice what he said. Verse 7 of Luke chapter 7 says, Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. What this Roman soldier said was, he said, Jesus, I'm not worthy of you to enter in. He said, you having all authority, knowing that all you have to do is speak and things would happen, he said, Jesus, I thought maybe you would just speak for my servant to be healed, and he would be healed. He said, you don't have to come into my presence. And Jesus was marveled that he believed that all he had to do, being Jesus, had to speak, and this servant would be healed from the disease he was in. You see, folks, today, what do you have faith in? When we talk about admirable faith this morning, when we, when we, when we say admirable means to look pleasantly upon Does God look upon our faith and does He marvel and look pleasantly upon us? Here we see that He marveled at this Roman soldier. Mark's Gospel, I believe it is, in the 6th chapter. The only other time we see this word. Mark chapter 6 and in verse 6. And He marveled because of their unbelief. This is the unbelief of people in Nazareth. People that should believe in Jesus, but yet they don't. You know what? It's obvious this morning. People that go to church, they should believe in Jesus. But they don't always do that. You see, there are people in our lives, there are people in your life today that you may come in contact with that they too can have faith and they can believe in Jesus. 
And here we see this centurion. He had sent these men unto Jesus. As Jesus entered into the town, he was met with this group of people that told him he was needed. Folks, I hope that we'll see this morning that it's important that we see that when we know Jesus is passing by, that we need Him into our life. Do you see a need for Him in your life? People don't have faith. People don't believe in Christ because they don't see a need for Him. How broken our heart is this morning because there are people that feel like they do not need Jesus. Folks, you and I, we all need Jesus. And faith is believing that there is a situation, a circumstance that we are in that we cannot get out of. We need help, folks. That's what Jesus does. Here in the seventh chapter of Luke, the Jewish people and the, the Roman soldiers, they didn't always get along, but sometimes these miraculous things begin to happen. And this Roman soldier had sent these Jews to Jesus, hoping that he might come. So we get to that ninth verse, that when Jesus heard these sayings, he marveled at him. Not all the people, but he marveled at one particular person. You see, this Roman soldier, he was not a missionary. This Roman soldier was not a person that had built churches or had done all kinds of good deeds in this life. He was simply a person with a need in his life and he knew who could fix his problem. For those of you that are listening today, do you truly believe that there are things that we are missing in our life? And I'm not talking about in the external sense, but the peace that we have in our life. Do we believe that there are things missing in our life and there's only one that can fill that void, folks? And it is only one person, and it's Jesus. And that's why he tells him, he says, he, he says, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you and what you are able to do. He didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. And you can read this seventh chapter of Luke. He didn't know a whole lot about Jesus, but he knew he had power to fix the problem he was in. Sometimes people get this idea that the only way you're ever going to become a Christian is to, to achieve a certain knowledge or a certain intellect of how much you can know about the Scriptures or the Bible. Or, But the truth is this morning is that all you have to know is He is able. Do you believe that Jesus is able this morning? Admirable faith means that you believe in something you cannot see. You believe in the Word of God, the promises of God. And we're going to read about this in Joshua here in just a minute is that there are people that believe in the promises of God. And when they do, they, they are delivered by God and the power of God in their life. Let's look here for just a moment. He said, Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and he turned him about and said unto the people that followed him. He said, I want you to notice something. Jesus speaking said, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. He said, not even amongst the people that should have this kind of faith. He said, I've yet to find this. He marveled. The only time he said it in the positive sense, only other time was there in Mark 6, in verse 6, where he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled at the faith of this centurion soldier. 
Let's turn over to the book of Hebrews for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 11, if you turned over there, we're going to read about two people that's mentioned here in this particular 30th and the 31st verse. Now, it doesn't call Joshua by name. It calls a situation, but it does call Rahab by name. Notice what happens. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down and they were compassed about seven days. Notice when we talked about this admirable faith that people have. Now Joshua, we're going to talk about him here uh, in just a moment. He's a, he's a Jewish general. The Jewish people that, that, that had this relationship with God. But then you also had people that were non-Jews. Anybody, you had the, the Jews and then anybody not a Jew was considered a Gentile. Both of these people make probably one of the most powerful chapters that we can read about in the Bible, about people that have faith in God. Not only does Joshua make the list of people that had this amazing faith, but a Gentile by the name of Rahab found favor with God and she knew nothing about him, but she believed him at his word. By faith, the harlot Rahab. By faith, the harlot Rahab. Notice what we're going to see here this morning. Let me turn back over, if I may, for just a minute. The book of Galatians. Chapter 6. Galatians, excuse me. Galatians chapter 3. And in verse... 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Remember what we talk about when Joshua being a Jew, this harlot, this, this Rahab, is going to be a Gentile. They, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Folks, today there are all kinds of people today that need Jesus in their life. Here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about how that Rahab, this harlot, she finds her, uh, her faith and her belief in, in the promises of God. And because of that, she makes it into what we call the faith chapter here. Let's turn back from, to the book of Joshua for a moment if you mark those verses. Joshua in the second chapter, we're going to see that there's this lady that we read about in Hebrews that's going to hear just a little bit about God. And she's going to step out on those promises of God. Today, folks, Rahab is not going to make the 11th chapter of Hebrews simply because of her encounter with the spies. But the reason that she makes it is, you had Joshua that obviously had a great deal of faith in God, or even should say knowledge of God and faith. And you had another person mentioned right in that next verse in the 11th chapter of Hebrews that she didn't have much knowledge, but she had the same amount of faith he did. 
Makes you wonder about the next person you come in contact with, don't you? The next person you come in contact with, you may assume, well, these people don't really go to church. They don't know much about church. Well, Rahab fits into that exact category. For here in the book of Joshua, chapter 2, this lady had absolutely no contact, no dealings, other than the people that had passed through where she was. She had heard about what he had done. So let's go right here and say this. Joshua chapter 2. And beginning in the fourth verse, she believed their report. And the woman took the two men and hid them. She believed that there was a conquering that was going to happen. And she needed to be able to be a part of that. But skip down to the 10th verse. And I want you to listen to this. For we have heard. Notice they heard. She had heard about what was going on. How the Lord dried up the water for the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt. And what you did under the two kings of the Amorites. That were on the other side of Jordan. Sahan and Og. Whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things. Our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. I want you to notice something about Rahab. You see, Rahab is the great grandmother of King David that we find out that Christ gets his, 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 his ruleship of. We'll talk about that another time. But in that, I want you to notice that this harlot that had not heard much, she went from hearing about God and what he was able to do to wanting to experience about God. You see, the centurion had heard all of these things about Jesus. He wanted to experience him, so he had faith in him. Today, you're hearing about God and about Christ and what he's able to do for you. I can tell you all about what he's done for me. But in hearing these things, there's a vast difference in hearing and experiencing. You see, religion is not where we find our eternal security and salvation in. We find that in a relationship with Jesus. Remember this. They went to Capernaum. Capernaum meaning a village of comfort. The, the comfort was not in the place. It was in the person. And Rahab here that she went from hearing all about what God had done. He said, I heard about what he did for you at the Red Sea. All he had done for you there in Egypt. He said, she said, I've heard all about all these things. And these things didn't just touch her ears. It says it melted her heart. And notice what happened. That Rahab, because she believed, that next verse, that 12th verse says, now therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token. Notice what she says, a true token. When Joshua and his army were going to enter into that city, when those walls were going to come and tumbling down and they were going to march into that city and they were going to conquer, she was not going to be conquered. Her conquering happened the moment she believed. 
Folks, today Paul tells us in Romans that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Today, our victory is, 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 is in our belief and our faith in God and what He's able to do. Our victory today is in that peace that we have with God. And we see here that this, that this, this harlot came, that she began to say that, I've heard about all that He's done for you there in, at the Red Sea. I've heard what He's done for you uh, and how that, uh, that, that you have utterly, He has utterly destroyed the enemies that were before you. Said, she said, I've heard about all of these things. And she said, because of that, I'm going to make a covenant with you. She said, I'll let down my cord. Now her house, being right on the wall, she sure enough let a red cord down. You see, that identified where she was marked by the red cord. The red cord is what saved her. Today, folks, when we have faith, we got to have faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's that crimson blood that was shed for you and for me. You see, that cord could have existed. It could have stayed in her house. But that was not what was going to save her. What was going to save her is taking the cord, putting it where it needed to be, so that she could escape danger. Today, folks, I have no doubt in me that there is enough of the blood of Jesus Christ for every one of you that are listening to what's being said this morning. I have no doubt. If you want to have admirable faith, you have to believe in something you cannot see. You cannot see the blood of Jesus, but you've got to believe in it. I did not see Jesus crucified on Calvary's cross, but I deeply, deeply am convinced and convicted that yet He did die for me. I was not there, but I know that He did because of what I feel. What about you this morning? Is, is Christ marveling at your faith? It says she took her cord. And she said, if I will show you this kindness, will you yet show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token? Folks, here is a lady that knew practically absolutely nothing about God. But she found just enough to believe in the words of God. You see this morning, if there's not a promise of God, then there's nothing that we have to have faith in. And let me explain what I mean. If you take the promise of God and remove it, then what do we have faith in? There's nothing to have faith in. But if God makes a promise... And the scriptures are filled for the promises of God. Our faith has something to attach to. Of all the situations and all the circumstances that you and I face in this world, do you throw your faith into the promises of God and cling to those? You say, a lot of people today, the promises of God are out there, but they're not throwing faith in them. They're not casting their faith upon them that they might grip and adhere to them so that they can cling to them. Hebrews tells us that our faith or our hope is like an anchor to a soul. You see, an anchor for a ship is much like our faith in God. There is a rock beneath that water. 
It says that there is a rock, and it says our our hope is in that rock where we're, our faith is. We we cast into that rock. We don't see it, but I'll tell you this. Once we anchor in that rock and our boat begins to move in the storm, we know that there's an anchor there because it will keep us safe and secure and steadfast. For you that are listening today, I, I encourage you to, to, to have a faith in Jesus that He will marvel at, that you are throwing your faith into Him and no matter what storms of life may happen, you shall not be moved. We know the old children's song, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Without the promises of God, folks, we're simply just casting our, our, our hope and our faith into something that has nothing to cling to. But aren't you glad this morning that the centurion servant didn't have to go say, go find somebody, a doctor, somebody here that can help me and what I, I have here. He said, go find Jesus. There in Luke chapter 7, be reminded that Luke was a physician himself. And that's what's so amazing is that even a physician understood there was one that could heal that nobody else could. Are you one of those this morning that you're out there saying, just go find somebody that can help me out in the problems and the circumstances and the situations I have? Are you, are you going out this morning crying saying, find me Jesus? Do you believe in Him? We sure do believe in a lot of things in this world. Some of them are true and some of them are not true. We believe in a lot of things that people say will happen or may happen or could happen. But I'll tell you this, the promises of God are real and they will happen. Here we see this lady named Rahab, a harlot, a sinful person. All these people, remember, there were some two million Israelites, and as they were passing through this place, they were on their way to Canaan's land. And as they were passing through where Rahab was, she kept hearing about God and what He could do. They kept telling them where they were going, where they were going, where they were going. You know what? For those of you that are listening here this very hour, I want to tell you where I am going. I'm going to a land. A land that God has promised me. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when God's going to take me from this earth, but I do know my destination. I don't know my time here, but I know where I'm going to end up one day in my destination. And this harlot named Rahab, she heard her over and over and over again about these people that were on this, uh, this journey to a promised land, promised by God. You see today, maybe you're that person that you keep hearing about all these people that's on their way to heaven. I remember being raised in church and I used to hear about all these people that were going to heaven. When I die, said one saint. When I leave this world, said another. Over and over again. Time after time after time. I would hear people that were on their way to a place called Canaan. You see today, she heard just enough to believe in it. I heard enough about heaven to believe that heaven's real. I had enough to know that if I would just throw my faith into God and when I pulled, folks, I felt something there. 
I felt that there's something that's there and it's anchored into my soul. And we see here with this, um, this, this, this harlot here by the name of Rahab that she gets to this place and, and, and she puts her, her, her faith and trust in the promises of God. And notice what happens here for just a minute. For in that 10th and 11th verse, not only does it deliver her out of that, but, but notice what it happens here in about the 14th verse. And the men answered her, our life for yours. If ye utter not that our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window. For her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said to them, Go ye to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourself there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may you go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Listen to this 18th verse. Behold, when we come into the land, this is the cord, it says, the scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. You see, Rahab experienced something that was so real to her that it began to affect others around her. She said, you bring your father, he can experience Lost in our story in Luke chapter 7, the centurion, a Roman soldier's faith in Jesus, allowed him to experience something he never would have experienced otherwise. Today, folks, do you have admirable faith? Are there people in your life that are going to experience the power of God because of your faith, my faith, God's people's faith. You see, Hebrews chapter 11 is about two people there in that 30th and 31st verse. One had a lot of training, if I can word it like that, and had faith in God. And you know what? Experienced the victories of God. Another one knew a whole lot less but she too got to experience the power of God. You see, this account that we read to you in Joshua chapter 2 is not just about a harlot. It was about a particular person whose name was Rahab. Today, do you have admirable faith in what Jesus is able to do for you? If not, then I pray that in this very hour by which we're in, that you can find faith in the promises of God. Throw that faith into those promises, and folks, once your heart pulls upon them, they'll stick, and you'll realize how true that they are. God bless you this morning. Again, thank you for coming and listening and tuning in to us, and I pray that God will just continue to bless you. That's my prayer.